He is a dynamic teacher, success coach, leadership consultant, and pastor. His broadcasts, excellent leadership, and success power can be viewed on satellite channels all over the world. He is the senior pastor of Daystar Christian Center, Lagos, Nigeria, with over 40,000 in attendance every Sunday. He founded the Daystar Leadership Academy, DLA, which is dedicated to raising a new generation of leaders who will serve as catalysts in the transformation of Africa and the world. As of 2018, over 38,900 people have graduated from the school. He holds a master's degree in leadership studies from the University of Exeter, UK, as well as a doctorate in strategic leadership, which he obtained from Regent University, Virginia, USA. He is married to Nike Adeyemi, who co-pastors with him and ministers healing to women and children through the Real Woman International and the Love Home Orphanage. They are blessed with three children. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the visionary and convener of the Excellence in Leadership Conference and our first speaker, Dr. Sam Adeyemi. Thank you for coming to be a part of the Excellence in Leadership Conference. So as we uh, wrap it up, oh. once again, the presentations by all our speakers have been amazing. Let's appreciate all of our speakers at ELC 2023. It's been a wow. And I'm sure you know we have to listen, right? to the sessions again and again and again and again and again and again and again until they move into the subconscious, right? So as we wrap things up, our hope is that we have made the commitment to become culture-shaping leaders culture-changing leaders. I hope that we have come to appreciate how powerful culture is, how powerful the mindset is, and how it can frustrate the greatest visions and dreams for change. So when people ask me, how do we create the culture of our organization or change the culture of our organization because I like to simplify things. <laughs> so I say the first thing, you've got to have a bold vision. You've got to have a bold, there's got to be a reason. Whatever culture it is you say you are creating needs to take us somewhere, right? So you declare the bold vision. You need powerful tools that can shape people's thoughts, powerful tools. And the most powerful in the realm of leadership is vision. Some say that a vision is a mental picture of a preferable future. Yes, a mental picture of a preferable future. When I teach in the leadership class, you know, leadership, you know, I say, look, leadership is taking someone from point A to point B. Then I give the illustration. I ask someone to come and stand behind me. And then I ask everybody, if we stood here this way for 12 hours, and you came and asked, what are you doing to her? And I said to you, I am leading her. Would that be an accurate description? They say, no. I ask, why? And they say, because you are not moving. Okay. I say, thank you. So where there is no movement, there's no leadership. You've got to be taking me Somewhere, there's got to be improvement, right? But to be able to do that, you need to deconstruct my mindset. Because the first place where the movement happens is here. That's why this is about mind shift, right? So leaders need to have that mental picture of a preferable future. I define a vision as the ability to see people, places, and things, not just the way they are, but the way they could be. So whenever anyone calls himself or herself a leader, but is not describing a better future, I lose interest, because we're not going anywhere. Jesus Christ used an illustration 
for leadership somewhere, I think, in Matthew chapter 15 or so. Verses 14 and 15. I think he said, he said, leave them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And when the blind lead the blind, both of them will fall into a ditch. It's amazing. He was talking about leadership and he was talking about the power of vision. If you are following someone who does not have vision, the two of you will end up in a ditch. The essence of ELC is to open somebody's eye. Open the eye of the one that is leading and open the eye of the one that is following. Then I say, okay, if it happens that it is the eye of the one following that opens first, what should happen? There should be a change in the equation. Then the one that was leading should begin to follow the one that is now seen. Am I right? The leadership equation in this country is changing. For everyone whose eye is open, the leadership structure changes. Okay, let me ask you a question. So if the eye of the person following is open and the person continues to follow the one that is blind, what should we do to the one whose eye is open but who is still following the blind person? (laughs) I will have said we should beat the person, but they will say it's abuse. So... Great leaders begin culture shaping with bold vision. I see a developed Nigeria. There must be a developed Nigeria. I've been to the UAE, I've been to Dubai. My first visit to the United States, all I was saying to myself all through was, that was over 20 years ago, I would say, this country did not fall from heaven. They built it. Because it was Nigeria I was thinking all through. I was like, ah, see how beautiful this country is. It did not fall from heaven, they built it. It did not fall from heaven, they built it. If they built it, we can build our own. Right? Vision, the capacity to see your organization, your family, your own nation, right? Great leaders begin culture shaping with bold visions. Then they build the culture that can deliver the achievement of the vision. So, I go back to my opening remarks for this conference where I spoke about how habits are formed for the individual and how culture is shaped for the group. And I want to wrap up by pointing out some very important dimensions that we need to tweak, especially at the national level. The things, you see, we said when you've formed your thoughts and the thoughts stay long enough, they move into the subconscious, right? That the mind has a way of pushing things that are now routinous into the subconscious to allow the mind to solve fresh problems. But then, let's talk about that thinking before it goes to the subconscious, the thinking process. Because we said, if we are going to change anything, you need to bring those things out from the subconscious and tweak them, right? So what are the factors actually that shape people's thinking, especially at the group level? I will run through them very quickly and then we'll pray and go home. Is that okay? Number one, prevailing ideas about prosperity prevailing ideas about what it takes to prosper. You will be amazed at how that shapes people's thinking. The instinct for survival is the strongest in man. The instinct for survival, we must survive. Something, it's like some supernatural power just kicks in when your life is under threat. Right, the instinct for survival is the strongest in man. That is why money is important to people. The capacity to buy food, the capacity to meet basic needs. I don't care whether you're a Christian or Muslim or Hinduist. I don't care whether you're black, white, or brown. You must survive. It's priority for you to have food to eat. So it doesn't matter what anybody is saying at any point in time. Honestly, especially if you're a Christian, you can have the five most powerful pastors in the world have their messages preaching. 
on five different devices. Nothing will enter your head when you are hungry. How you will eat. It's whoever is talking about how you will get food to eat is the one you will listen to first. Then we can discuss other matters. At an intuitive level, people read the environment and sense the fastest way to prosper. And that shapes their decisions. If I ask now, you know, I know we're attending from so many countries. But let me use Nigeria for illustration. What is the fastest way to prosper in Nigeria now? Thank you. I've been asking that question now for like for more than 10 years, and the answer is the same. Politics. Polit- That's where you will get a 160 million naira car, you know, for, 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 for you know. <laughs> Just because you were elected, right? They say politics. The place where you head a department, you head a ministry, or whatever, you are, you are in the National Assembly, you have oversight function over a ministry, you have the opportunity of discussing a budget. And your pay is low, but the budget you're managing is big. Prevailing ideas about how to prosper. That displaces other thoughts in people's minds. So if wherever you're going to have a culture where people are productive and they behave well, right? One of the first things you must address is to make it easy for people to meet their basic needs. Make it easy for people to buy food, to get food to eat. If you hear anything else about how to deal with corruption that does not put that first, it's a waste of time. I promise you that. See, the people that say corruption, corruption, corruption is the biggest problem of this country, corruption, some are saying it because that's what they've been hearing. But the people that create that narrative, they know what they're doing. They're deceiving you, honestly. A, a hungry man, it is difficult for a hungry man to be a good citizen, period. When I observed some few years back, Four chiefs of air staff, in other words, the number one person in the Nigerian Air Force, four of them in a row were hard cases in court, corruption cases in court. Then I knew there was a problem, that it wasn't personal to them, it was a systemic issue. Ask what their salary is, ask about the Nigerian civil service, ask. Ask what the salary of even the director, the person that is on grade level 60 or 17, near the top, ask what their salaries are. They cannot comfortably pay for two or three children in a private university from those salaries. Not to talk of building a home. Why should someone rise to the highest level of an illustrious career, like in the military, and not be able to afford to own a home? Then you then put the person over an institution whose budget is in the billions. So it, it actually has become part of the institutional practice. It's not written, but it is practice that once the allocation comes from the government for the institution, a chunk of it will go to the boss. It's in all the security agencies, it's practically all the institutions of government. People won't say it, but I'm not going to lie. It is what it is, right? And then at the end of the day, Somewhere along the line, maybe someone falls out with some people and someone, then they arrest somebody for corruption. And then the refrain in the community is, it is the person that they catch that is a thief. (laughs) We must change the way people make money and make it easy for people to make money legitimately. Good. Maybe, 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 maybe you may not understand. Um, in the U.S., I have a credit card. My credit card limit is $30,000. $30,000 is how much in Naira? 36. 36 million Naira. So with that card, eh, I, don't have, I don't need to go beg anybody to have money to spend. The card, I carry the card with me all around in my pocket. 
right? That's the limit. And if I return, if I spend money from, from it, and I return the money within 30 days, it is interest free. I have access to the equivalent of 36 million naira without having to beg anybody for money. That's empowerment. That is empowerment, right? It's a systemic thing. It here, I, I was amazed the first time I asked each other how many people are owing money? Almost the whole church. <laughs> What made me sad was not the fact that they were owing money, but that it dawned on me that it was not institutions they were owing, it was other people. And I saw how, how it's easy for relationships to be destroyed. How much bitterness there is in families. How friendships break up. Because instead of us making those provisions institutionally, we're making people to have to borrow money from other people, right? We must change the way people make money. People need to be able to meet their basic needs. The second is education, and that's been touched on. You'll see it in the stories of our speakers all through. Education plays a major role, am I right? Bovi spoke quite a bit about that. So what do you say about a system where 95% of the schools are private, only 5% of good schools are public? In other parts of the world, 95% are public, only 5% are private, and the highest quality schools are public schools. What goes into a mind comes out in a life. Listen, if they tell you to be praying for the future to be okay, and the schools are looking wretched, it's self-deception. There is misalignment in the thinking. The whole country needs prayer. It, it does not work like that. <laughs> Pastor Chris showed us clearly, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If nobody ever told you before, I'll say it again, you can't rise beyond the quality of your thoughts. The way to change your life is to change your thoughts. Now this is where the school comes in. What? I watched a video last week and tears welled up in my eyes. A teacher, at one of our states, maybe Edo State or somewhere, Edo, right? The teacher, was, the teacher was frustrated and decided to record on video. The road, the block of classrooms was broken down. One by one, the walls had fallen in. Part of the roof falling in. He said, we kept moving and moving and moving. Now the last space that was left for these kids to go in, the wall has also broken in. So there, there's nowhere for these kids to sit. At some point, he said, maybe it is begging that they need. Children, kneel down. Let us beg them. Tears welled up in my eyes. What did these children do to us to deserve this? Hello? Listen, the education is more than what the teacher is teaching. The school environment is part of the education. You program mediocrity into the subconscious of a child. What are you expecting in 30 years' time? Why is it that a good chunk of people who can do something about it right now are not doing something? Because they were raised in harsh environments like that. That's why they don't believe that your children deserve that quality. Because somebody thought they didn't deserve it. The whole thing is going in a cycle. Who's going to break it? Anywhere a country has a vision, it has to create or produce the people that will build the vision. Period. And that's why they invest massively in the quality of the schools because that's where we're creating the future. I found out also in terms of what shapes people's values, you have geography. This was very intriguing for me when I found out many years ago that most of the developed countries in the world are in the temperate regions of the world. I said, ah, the cold regions, okay. Is it that there is something that the cold does to your brain? <laughs> I think I'll make sure that my bed is always by the air, air conditioner so that the cold air will blow directly 
But eventually I found out, interestingly, it's actually this instinct for survival thing. That the people that live in the cold region, the cold kills people. So they had, to, they had to think. They had to find solutions. Sometimes the snow falls, it's so high, it covers your car. So it's not easy to just walk out like that. The, the Pasonic uh, and I went to Calgary for the first time some few years back. Calgary in Canada. It was nine degrees Celsius, right? Nine degrees Celsius. And the gentlemen in the protocol team and so on, they were putting on T-shirts, light T-shirts. We had on winter coats. So I had to ask them, excuse me, are you not feeling the cold? They said, uh, <laughs> they said, they said, this is summer for us. This is enjoyment. <laughs> huh? They said, sir, the last, this last winter, it got down to minus 49. <laughs> minus 49 degrees Celsius. So thank God today we have heaters, you know, in the car at home and so on. Just imagine when those things had not been invented. People were dying. How do, you, how do you get out in cold, minus 49 degrees Celsius, to go and greet your parents on the other side of, of, of the city? There was no way. So they had to think and think. That's why they invented the telephone. There has to be a way to talk to someone without you seeing the person face to face. It was born out of necessity. Necessity is the mother of invention. So if I ask you that in Lagos, what is it about the weather, really? that can prevent you from going to see your parents on the other side of the city? Is it the rain? Or the... Thank you. Only traffic. <laughs> so I'm just saying that we don't have weather elements that are that threatening. Nature spoilt us. We're the spoiled children of nature. So no pressure. Just taking life easy. And then not innovating at that level has become culture. <laughs> Welfare programs. They sound soft. We can't even find the correlation, but they are powerful. What a country does to take care of the people at the lowest level. I'll tell you, for example, that in the UK, if you're a legal resident, if you don't have a job, you register at the job center. Every week you go to the job center, they'll give you a check. In the UK, every single person that doesn't have a job gets a check from the government every week that they use to buy food. It's only for groceries, not for jewelry. Not for jewelry, okay? But food. So, you say, ah, where did they get the money from? Taxes. So there was a day we were discussing somewhere in the UK with some people who had left the staff and they were complaining about the government, that the government likes money too much. Tax, 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 tax everywhere. Ah, in Nigeria we don't pay taxes like that. I said, well, that's fine. I said, you guys have an option. So I said, I said, you drive around here 2 a.m., 3 a.m., it does not even cross your mind that an armed robber will attack you on the road. So I said, if you come over to Nigeria, we won't collect, we won't take as much taxes from you, but the people that will collect the money from you, they are waiting on the road. Which one do you prefer? I've seen our government in the last few years trying to introduce in welfare programs and our people don't even understand. And sadly, it, it, they've not been, it's not been explained. Well, also our current leadership structure ensures that whatever money is allocated to that, some people at the top will just take a good chunk of it and then some little will get. But I'm saying those welfare programs are very important. You'll be amazed how the motivation to commit crime will crash when somebody is able to eat easily, okay? Welfare programs. The reward systems also matter. What you reward, people will do more of it. What you punish, people will do less. We've got to prioritize the rule of law, right? 
So when somebody steals, steals our collective money and you give the person a chieftaincy title <laughs> and a national award, what's that telling everybody else? <laughs> Finally, I'll mention religion. I'll mention the role of religion in shaping people's thinking and values. It's amazing that when Jesus Christ came in, Pastor Chris did an amazing job this morning. That look, the ideal model we should look at, we have a role model in Jesus Christ. And when he came, his message was, repent, the kingdom of heaven is here. Repent, the kingdom of heaven is here. And all my life, the impression I got about repent was feel bad. Feel bad. Which truly is the meaning when you look at your dictionary. It's to feel a sense of sorrow, you know, about what you have done. The only problem is that when you research as a Bible student on the word in the Greek, the original text, that was translated to repentance, most Bible scholars now agree that that word repentance is not the accurate interpretation of the word in the Greek. Metanoia. Let me read what a Bible scholar wrote. Guy, Guy Nave, in his book, The Role and Function of Repentance in Luke to Acts. He said, Metanoia was used consistently. He was talking about the early days, how they understood that word. Metanoia was used consistently in the literature of that time to express a fundamental change in thinking that leads to a fundamental change in behavior and our way of living. Isn't that amazing? So it's not just feeling bad. The Yoruba text of the Bible was translated directly from the Greek, not from the English. The Yoruba word used is interesting. It reflects more of what Gainave is saying. Ironu piwada. Combination of two words. The ironu is thinking. Piwada is change of behavior. Isn't that amazing? The message of Jesus Christ was not feel bad because you're a sinner. Feel bad because you're a smoker. Feel bad because you are drinking beer. That was not what Jesus Christ was preaching. Change your thinking to the point of changing your life. That was his message. So, mind shift aligns with what Jesus Christ was saying. Change your thinking to the point of changing your life. So from here on, when you hear any message preached, especially from the Christian point of view, you ask yourself whether it has the capacity to change somebody's thinking to the point where it changes their behavior. That's when we align with Christ and his message. When people ask, oh, how come we have so many churches and then it seems like as if the society is not changing. They are legitimate in asking that question. Because when they look at the founder of our faith, that was his message. You have heard that it has been said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Like we say in pidgin English, do me, I do you. God, no vex. Revenge. He said, but I say to you, if somebody slaps you on the right cheek, turn the left one. Love your enemies. Do good. You know, he, he said, pray for those. He said, bless them that curse you. Do good to those that persecute you and despitefully use you. He said, love your enemies that you may be the children of your father. For he causes the son to rise both on the just and on the unjust. Come on. How do you describe a society where a leader takes most of the money and leaves people in penury? Is that love? 
So you have a culture of wickedness. And what we've, what we've asked us to do is unpack the things we've been doing unconsciously. I remember we, we, I had this staff member at, at our former pastorate, pastorate years ago. Slim built young lady and she came to the office one day and said, sir, I want to confess, I did something bad today. I said, what was that? She said, while she was coming to the office, because she was taking public transportation and we had these big buses that we call Molwe. So she said she was changing buses at the bus stop and then this Molwe driver, <laughs> big bus driver came, moved by hand, almost hit her. She had to jump off. She did something that I considered unthinkable. She said instantly, instinctively, she said she just jumped up and slapped it. <laughs> and that it, she said at first the guy was stunned. <laughs> when he looked at the person that slapped him, he said, ah, me? He just jumped down and was going to crush her. He said that people around rushed him. I buy her. <laughs> Old for nothing. Leave her, leave her, leave her. You want to fight with a woman? You know? I said, you. You, you jumped up and slapped a, 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 the driver of a, practically a truck. Were you not afraid for your life? <laughs> I'm sorry. Ah, church stuff. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's this culture of, right? They did this for me, I did it for you. The equation is balanced. And I just want to call us back to that point. It's time for us to repent. It's time for us to think about how we have been thinking and behaving. It's time for us to unpack our existing leadership culture. We need to unpack it. Whatever culture we have had until now has not delivered our aspirations. We should not deceive ourselves. However fantastic your seed may be, the quality of the soil will determine its output. This soil we are planting in is not working. It's time to unpack the culture. We need a culture of love. And Jesus Christ laid that foundation for us. What did he say about leadership? Mark 10, 42 to 45. His disciples were arguing among themselves you know, who was going to take this position, who was first, who was... And then when they got to where they were going, Jesus Christ said, what were you guys discussing on the way? They were looking at him. He said, I know what you were discussing. You are con- competing, looking for who's first or second or third. Mark 10, 42 to 45. He said, whoever wants to be the first among you, let him become the last. Whoever wants to be chief among you, let him become the servant. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a sacrifice for many. Ah, I love it. Let me back up. He said, you know that among the Gentiles their rulers lord it over them, but among you it shall not be so. Change your thinking about leadership. That's what he was saying. Being a leader is not about dominating people, exercising power, bossing people around, and taking most of the money. It's about service. It's not about acquiring, it's about giving. Let's unpack this leadership culture so that we can deliver developed economies in Africa and around the world. Is that okay? That is what ELC 2023 is about. It's the dawn of a new day. Will you please stand to your feet with me and let us pray? So in your organization, a bold vision, clear mission, what we do every day to make that vision possible, 
and solid core values. Define the core values for your organization. Repeat them over and over. For us to fulfill this, our vision for this organization, there must be excellence, or there must be integrity, or there must be ex exceptional customer service. You've got to repeat them every day. Repeat the vision, repeat those values every day. And most importantly, model those values. You say, no, we don't do it like that here. I remember the first day we started, we resumed office here at Desta. I said something to the staff. There's one thing that is forbidden here, that you hit somebody else physically. It is forbidden. Love rules here. And if you say, okay, what if someone hits me? So between the time they hit you and when you hit back, you have the opportunity of deciding what to do. Use that opportunity very well. I said, run away so that we will have only one person to sack. I said, anyone that hits anyone physically here will be sacked that day. This is the house of God, right? That's how you create culture. That's how you create environment. Values. So we're going to pray, and we're going to use the scripture that Pastor Chris shared with us. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5. Right? Message Bible. The world is unprincipled. No surprise, right? It's dog eat dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair. I was chatting with a leader, a, corp a corporate leader, very high level, just two or three days ago. He said, sir, the world is not for the same. The world doesn't fight fair. But we don't live or fight our battles that way. Never have and never will. All those dangerous contests for power. Cutting somebody, you, you know, cutting the ground from under someone, slander, backbiting, politicking. I promise you, at any level in any institution, when you get to the top, the problem is not usually about competence anymore. It's politics. We don't play those dangerous games. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing that entirely massively corrupt, that entire massively corrupt culture. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies. Warped, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life that has been what shaped by Christ. Which is the greatest commandment? He said, love. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. I believe that for once our world is going to enjoy the highest quality of leadership ever. Leadership that is based on love. Leadership that is willing to sacrifice. The way your amen is showing, maybe you are afraid of that kind of leadership. So we're going to pray. And the prayer will be two levels. Just short. Hmm? Lord, whatever has been put in my subconscious that is a part of the negative leadership culture, help me to destroy it. Let's go ahead and pray. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Lord, use the things I have heard at ELC 2023 to change my thinking, to remove every trace of thoughts and values and behaviors that will not deliver the highest quality of leadership. We all are a product of somewhere. When a tree grows from the soil, what is in the soil is what is in the tree. Lord, whatever is in the environment that I, have, that I grew up in, whatever is in the culture that I grew up in, anywhere in the world, that does not fit into the kind of love-based leadership that you want to give our world, help me to destroy it. 
help me to remove it, help me to replace it. In Jesus' name we pray. The second level of the prayer, Lord, every group that I belong to, our family, my organization, my community, my nation, whatever is in the culture, whatever is in the culture, whatever is in the leadership culture that frustrates human potential, that hurts people, that destroys people. God of heaven, help us to destroy it. Go ahead and pray. Whatever is in the group thinking, whatever is in the culture, whatever is in the values, whatever is in the practices that do not dignify human life, that do not enhance the quality of human life, whatever does not represent love, we ask, oh God, help us to destroy them. Help us to destroy them. Whatever is in the culture that is now so overwhelming, that makes it so difficult for us to produce a higher quality of life for people, that, that would help us to, to unleash human potential, help us to destroy it. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, finally, Lord, open my eyes and open our eyes as a community. Open the eyes of my family, of my organization. Give us new thoughts, new ideas, new visions, new dreams to replace, and ultimately new behaviors to replace the old ones. Go ahead and pray. God answers prayer. He said, ask and you shall receive. <laughs> ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the doors will be opened. Somehow, 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 a new kind of knowledge will prevail. Somehow, at a group level, at a national level, at an organizational level, new level of wisdom and new behavior. New level of knowledge, new behavior. Thank you for a global mind shift. In Jesus' name. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're grateful to you. We thank you. What an amazing conference we have had. What an amazing conference we have had. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for all the sessions, for all the speakers. Thank you for all that we have had. And thank you for the massive potential for change in our individual lives in our families, in our organizations, in our nations. We're grateful. We're grateful. I present everyone to you who has been a part of ELC 2023. You sent Samuel the prophet to the house of Jesse. You said, I'm done with Saul. I want to bring up a new kind of leadership. Go to Jesse's house. Pour oil on the new king there, the new leader even though he was a teenager. So, Heavenly Father, I present to you everyone that is a part of this conference online and on-site. That oil Samuel poured represented your spirit and your power. I ask, Heavenly Father, pour out your spirit. Amen. On everyone that has been a part of ELC 2023, Amen. fill us with your spirit. Amen. Fill us with your wisdom. Fill us with courage. Fill, up with your, fill us with your power. Fill us with the ability to make things happen. I receive for each person a new level of spiritual authority. Lord Jesus, you sent your disciples out. They came back. They said, Lord, even demons, devils, were subject to us in your name. As long as we were using your authority, devils that were terrorizing people, frustrating people's destinies and potentials, disfiguring people's mindsets, when they saw us, they obeyed us in your name. Jesus Christ said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Their boss has been defeated. 
and I give you authority over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Heavenly Father, I ask, I ask as one who has enjoyed grace from you and you're the one that puts grace on people that Heavenly Father, you take every measure of grace I've received from you and transfer multiple times of it. Multiple times over. Elisha said he wanted a double portion of what was on Elijah. And he got it. (laughs) God of heaven. Your people have had testimonies from us. All the different dimensions of grace on all our speakers. Because you have helped us. I ask Father, multiply grace on everyone that is a part of this conference right now. I receive for each one a new level of authority. In the name of Jesus. And now, Heavenly Father, I pronounce a blessing on each one as you inspire me. I speak in the name of Jesus Christ that you go forth in this new power. I declare you go forth and you will never be a victim anymore. Not a victim to anyone. You will never be a victim to any man-made system. As you go, you go in victory. I declare that At this ELC 2023, you have found your voice. When you speak now, the world will listen. I prophesy that by reason of the power of God in your life now, you will attract resources. Without stress. There's a new level of favor on you. Wherever you need help, help will show up for you. God will provide help for you. You will attract people you never attracted before. You will attract material resources you never attracted before. You attract financial resources you never attracted before. You function at a new level of wisdom. Creative wisdom. Problems that generations before you could not solve, God will solve through you. A whole nation was harassed by Goliath. Trained soldiers could not handle him. It was the one they poured oil on that came and took Goliath out. I prophesy on you because the power of God has also come on you today. You will take the Goliath down. You will destroy the power of ignorance. You will destroy the power of poverty. You will break the backbone of corruption. In the name of Jesus, you will solve health problems. In the name of Jesus Christ, I declare that you have become an anointed problem solver. Not minding your current status. You had stories from our speakers. People got brought from the backside of the desert, raised from rejection. And God showed, it doesn't matter where you are coming from, where you are going is what matters. What God designed for your life is what matters. I prophesy in the name of Jesus Christ, not minding where you are coming from. This season, the heavens open over you. Opportunities show up for you that you've never had before. After they poured oil on David, there was a problem in the palace. There was a problem in the palace. The king had a problem. And they were looking for who would solve the problem. Somebody mentioned David's name. No accident, sir. No accident. The young man hidden in the backside of the desert. God brought him out. I prophesy in the name of Jesus Christ. The opportunities that will display your gifts. Those opportunities come now. Your season of being remembered is here. I say it again. Your season. The day someone will remember you. The day your name will be mentioned, where it matters, that day has arrived. As we go from this conference right now, we'll be getting text messages, emails, phone calls, letters, 
that will announce something has shifted. Once again, I declare you an anointed problem solver. And you will be rewarded for the problems you saw. So I prophesy for you there will be promotion. And for you, you will prosper. Because you will be paid for the value you add to organizations and to nations. The power of God will preserve you. You will not die prematurely. If it's a sickness that wants to stand between you and the fulfillment of your potential, we bury that sickness. Because Jesus Christ paid for it already. I prophesy for you sound health. In the name of Jesus. And if there's a sickness in anyone's body right now, we command it, go in the name of Jesus. Afflictions of the mind, like fear and anxiety and depression, we command them, go in the name of Jesus Christ. You will enjoy peace of mind. Your life will be filled with joy. Whatever you lay your hands on will prosper. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, once again, we are grateful for ELC 2023. Will you shake somebody's hand and say congratulations? It's a new you now. Hug someone, tell them welcome to your new season, to your new level. We want to say a big thank you to you for being a part of the Excellence in Leadership Conference 2023. It's been an amazing two days together. Everyone online and everyone on site. Thank you. We look forward to seeing you. 7th and 8th of November 2024, we'll be back for the ELC. God bless you. Safe travels home. Enjoy new testimonies in Jesus' name.